Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash yesteryears used today. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle or MP3 player. That's audibletrial.com forward slash yesteryears used today. You have been tricked into downloading a special edition of yesteryear's news today. A different kind of special edition. A you very different kind of special edition. You can explain this. Okay, well, you're Johnny and I'm Shane. And normally we do a uh, podcast where we talk about a specific week in a specific year. And uh, news items from that year. And the last one we did was uh, 1919. But... From our 1918 episode, we were talking about a Charlie Chaplin movie called Shoulder Arms, which was a World War One movie that Charlie Chaplin made. And what we've decided to do this week is we are doing a special edition where we're going to watch uh, Shoulder Arms with you, the audience, and talk about it and kind of do a commentary track, a fan's commentary rather than a director's commentary. Yeah, just a, a commentary. Yeah, yeah. I we have some general facts about Chaplin and. We did a lot of stuff in World War One during the course of the last couple of weeks, so we thought it would be a nice little episode to do. And before we go into it, like I have seen this film before, but not in about ten years, so I can't I, remember anything I, I really. I think I've only seen clips from it. I'm not too sure if I've actually seen it all the way through. If I have, it's been that long as well. Yeah, yeah. So like, I my memory's a bit fuzzy on it, but like, then I'll just be but, watch, I'll be watching it fresh enough. Yeah, me too. And I think it's a nice way to just wing it. Yeah. Well. And so what we're going to do, because you're going to listen to this as a podcast, but also we're going to put up on YouTube, so if you just want to watch it, go to our channel, which is Powcasts, and you can just watch it as a commentary. But if you're listening to it and you already have it on DVD, we'll tell you when to queue it up. We're on the title screen now, it's pause, so we're going to queue it up right now. Is it playing? Yeah. Okay. It's playing in it. It's just a pre-screen. Okay, so we're on the pre-screen. There's music playing. Um. Yeah, so this was, just to throw it out there, this was the second film made by Charlie Chaplin's, uh, his own production company. Set, uh, this was in 1918, and this is when he first kind of went into his own production with, what was his name again? You said it to me earlier. Well, that's what I was wondering. So this is, because is it production company or is this like is united artists the production company or is that a different is that a sort of a more no this was a first national pictures okay who distributed well, um, this is a way we can bring it back to this week because in nine well not this week but this year at least that we've just done 1919 him and dw griffith who done um Bird of a nation which we talked about a few weeks back they set up united artists this year in 1919 that relates it to where we currently are yeah that was he did films with this production company between 1918 and 1923 and this was October 20th 1918 do you know what's funny actually because we were talking about it in in the 1918 episode we were talking about oh I think you know I was wondering whether he was technically the tramp in this yeah 
And is this how the tramp ended up the tramp? Is it because he had shell shock from World War One? Oh yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I looked up on IMDb <laughs> and great gag, sorry, I'm left behind. Uh, he's not credit he's not he's not listed as the tramp on IMDb. He's just no. listed as Doughboy. I I looked this up and actually from his beginning of his career, he started in uh, February nineteen fourteen. It was the first film he was in. And he's only credited as the tramp within about those first 10 years maybe four times yeah he plays lots of other characters he plays a villain in one he's like driver workman uh, carpenter plumber you know he plays all these like I suppose porn characters <laughs> um, he's very but he's just he's just Charlie Chaplin as the classically he was the drunk yeah rather than the tramp actually well yeah because on the plot synopsis to most things they always just refer to him as Charles yeah not even Charlie, it's us. Charles is yeah, caught yeah. in World War One. It's, it, yeah. it's weird. That was their training. That's the, <laughs> they're done with training. They marched around a bit. And now he's in the trenches. Not quite as muddy and hellish as the actual trenches would have been, but quite a cool set. Yeah, yeah. It's a brilliant set. There's a bit of smoke. Like I'm gonna get caught up watching this. That's the I know, yeah, big worry. Yeah. That's the big worry. Um, no, there's. A li- I'll give you a couple of facts. There's like, just uh, he for his first appearance in a film was on the second of February, second of February, nineteen fourteen, and this was nineteen eighteen. So four years later, he owned his own studio. He was a producer, director, writer, composer. Yeah. All at this point, after starting off as an actor, he did eleven films before for Max Sennett Company, who's played by Dan Aykroyd in the nineteen ninety two movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he, so after eleven films, he directed his first film, and that was he would work there for only two months, <laughs> and that was just. But anyway, he'd done years of stage work and that kind of stuff. What that was just they turned around about two films a week back then, and it, I counted. In 1914 alone, he made 36 films. That's good going. What was the... Did you have the name of his first film there? Um, Oh, no, I don't. Um, I meant to write it down, actually. It's... Um, <laughs> no, I don't have... I, I will look it up, though. Because uh, I think... Is that where it was essentially... It was probably a very short film anyway, but... Oh, it was he was like essentially eight minutes long, long where he just fell off a ladder or something. Yeah, it was. I, I have it on DVD. I meant to bring with me to what for us to watch it before this actually, and then I didn't have room in my bag, <laughs> so I didn't bring it because I have a big box set of like so all the short films he made. Packed it with beer instead. Yeah, mm. did you? <laughs> yeah, it's funny because you know that story about why he. I don't know if it's legend or fact, but the why he started like doing comedy was he he started doing theater like everybody does and he wanted to yeah. just be a dramatic actor but he just wasn't very good at it and when he came out on stage like his hat was too big and it was falling down over his face oh, yeah. <laughs> and everybody started laughing at him so he just went with it yeah but it wasn't just that he went with it but he realized that why people were people weren't laughing at his hat falling down because that's not that funny yeah. but just it was such a serious role he was playing people just didn't expect it that's oh, just okay, where he yeah, learned yeah. that like the unexpected is the funniest thing. Yeah. And even though like the tramp character is clearly <laughs> this is really funny. This the tiny German officer and mm. huge soldiers. That's really funny. <laughs> I've I've an interesting fact about 
the guns that yeah. the Germans had. The, you're going to love this. Um, they're Bowman's, American guns from 1878, uh, I think. And the funny thing about these guns is they, obviously, at the time, World War One was still going when they made the film. And so what they did was they had to come up with guns that would look slightly different. And they took these Bowman's that normally they have these big magazines coming out of them. Yeah. And what they did is they took out the magazines, blocked them off, they put um, World War One issue straps on them, changed them around a little bit so they were like completely like bastardized these guns and made yeah. them look different. And then, so they're like really unique looking German guns was the idea. And in... 1992 then this was 1918 right? yeah. in 1992 yeah. Richard Attenborough came along and he went uh, I'm looking for similar guns to what they had in 1918 because they did a scene from this film there's a scene in the 1992 film where you see Chaplin's um, there's a scene coming up later he dresses as a tree yeah. and they showed like uh, German soldiers going by and he's meant to be trying to get past the front lines dressed as a tree and in that he um it's really funny with the hat sorry um in that he what they did was they looked for the props department and they're like oh we're looking for guns what do they have and somebody looked around and went like a ballistics expert and went oh they're modified Beaumonts I'll see if I have any I know a guy who has a collection and they went and looked for the collection and they're like oh how many of these are you looking for he's like oh no probably about 12 15 of them we need them for a bunch of German soldiers and he's like, okay, okay. And he found them in a props department in some studio. Oh. And they had title cards on them. And the last day they were checked out was in October 1918 uh, for the Chaplin movie, Shoulder Arms. That's brilliant. So they actually used the same guns. That, yeah, it's and the second time they were ever used. <laughs> yeah, they used the exact same guns. Oh, wow. And it was the second time they were used for the film about Chaplin. That's fantastic, though. That's yeah, the second time they were used. So was, was for the movie about Chaplin. Yeah, there's a really cool effect here. The split reel of him thinking about life in New York while he's in the trenches. That's brilliant. Uh, <laughs> it's such a cool. It's like a really cool blend technique. Look at that. Like yeah. there's a barman beside him, and that barman so kind of looks like. Have you seen, you know the music video for Piano Man? Oh yeah, the Joel song looks like the barman from there. Password. It's wet. <laughs> <laughs> Changing of the guard. How? Uh, what height was Chapman? Do you know? Um, I don't. He looks very small. Though. Yeah, yeah. I, shorter than Robert Downey Jr. I would say. Anyway, that's for sure. Robert um, Downey Jr. is really small too, though. He's. Uh, I suppose. Yeah, he's smaller he than you think. He wears those stilt shoes. Oh, does he? Yeah, have you never seen that? Yeah, no, no. That's the thing that you know where Robert or Tom Cruise gets made fun of so much for, for being, being small. Yeah. yeah, there's a thing like where <laughs> he's t- he's taller than all the Avengers apart from Chris Hemsworth. Oh yeah, but none of the Robert. You ever hear Robert Downey Jr. or them being made fun of for being small? No, but he's actually tiny, isn't he? Yeah, but uh, Tom Cruise is taller than him. But yeah, he gets the really. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I didn't know. That. Apparently, anyway, I don't know how. Yeah, this is um. Pivotal scenes here. It's like they're getting letters from home and packages from home and stuff like that. You asked me earlier, and I realized in my notes I did write it down, but it's just the way I wrote it down. Was you asked me what was his f- debut film, which I don't have, but his directorial debut I have is a film called Twenty Minutes of Love, 
which was his directorial debut, which he co-directed with Joseph uh, Madern. And the funny thing about it is, it's 14 minutes long. It's called 20 Minutes of Love. <laughs> I think I've seen that one. And that was in 1914. Like, that's what I was saying. He was only working for the studio a little over two months when he directed his first movie. Um, Like, he was the new kid on the block. Working with them two months, but probably made them, like, 20 films. Yeah, he was getting, uh, I think it was, like, 150 a week or something like that. Which was huge money. Yeah. But that's, he got, um, he got picked out of uh, being on studio and, or he was in a stage play playing the tramp as a drunk and that kind of stuff and he, uh, he got picked by um, your man uh, Mac uh, sent spotted him and was like oh I want that guy and I think that guy would be funny in movies and yeah, yeah. Uh, made him an offer I think yeah because we've talked about him a bit before too about Chaplin when we're doing um, what episode was it I, guess, I think it's when we're doing the uh, minstrel shows oh yeah and we were just talking about how different, like, I think we sort of implied that Chaplin didn't come from too bad of a background. No, it's but implied he came, he's like a real rags to riches story, but he wasn't that poor either. But I think he was, and that's the thing, because th- th- he was, but he didn't start out that way because he had, because wasn't he was raised, like his father was well off. Yeah, and but then uh, his father, le- like he was only a child, and the father left, and he was raised by his mother, uh, who was his, a lunatic, yeah, famously, and his, yeah, and his stepfather, who was yeah. destitute. Yeah, so he went from being well off from the time he was born to like yeah, they kind of they kind of went from like middle class. So he was kind of well educated up to a certain age, but up until an age that doesn't really care, like up until like six or seven, like yeah, yeah. But he was still like he was sent down the I don't know if it was as far as being sent down the mines, but he was like out working when he was twelve, like yeah, yeah well that was he was famously he went out to like the streets and like that's how he kind of got into performing and kind of like juggling and mm. things, like a bit of street performance. Which probably yeah, a little yeah. bit of pickpocketing and stuff as well. Well, he was essentially working in the mines and stuff too. That like, kind of level. Yeah, pretty. Yeah. This is the joke here is it's the really smelly cheese. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is brilliant. Is he putting on the gas mask? Because um, his mother and his mother was a, a performer as well. Yeah. Like I think was she an opera singer or no? I'm thinking remember. of a Chaplin movie. Where I'm thinking of the kid where Sorry, the actual yeah, mother yeah, goes yeah. off to be an opera singer. But I think Chaplin's mother was a performer. I love this. This is as he throws the smelly cheese over to the enemy lines. The officer gets it in the face. They all like start like they can't take the stench of it and stuff. It's so funny. <laughs> it's like he's throwing like poisonous gas over yeah. to the trenches. It all comes uh, back, actually, as I see. I thought I wouldn't remember anything, but... Uh, the layout, it's funny, the layout of the... <laughs> your man floating in bed. That doesn't look too unlike the... Uh, I was just going to say in... J.R. Uh, Tolkien's... Oh, no, I was going to say how much this trench looks exactly like the set from Blackadder Goes Forth. Oh, yeah, yeah. It like, do- oh, it does, it, yeah. It's, like, it's yeah, almost like sh- like set for set. He's, like, he's puffing his pillow in water. <laughs> oh. But remember, like, J.R. Tolkien, when we're doing that, they're just talking about how wet the trenches were and it was covering beds and up yeah, their waist. And this and is, stuff. like, this is the, just sleeping in water. It's just, But, like, it's funny because this is, like, the joke about this is the how over the top it is. But it's just a little bit over what it actually was. Yeah, I know, like, yeah, yeah. 
like would have been up to their ankles where this is it's it's up to I'd their waist knees like even sometimes yeah. i'd say there'd be times to be sinking almost yeah but yeah it's just <laughs> stop rocking the boat uh brilliant <laughs> he um, actually looks a lot like robert downey jr too like you I see it in the close-ups that. Especially a model boat going by. Oh, there's some of the mad ideas he came up with. It's brilliant. Um, there's a candle. <laughs> oh yeah, that's really clever. Um, ah, oh, this is such a funny scene. Sorry, it's hard to talk through a funny scene like this. <laughs> the. <laughs> <laughs> Just took the trumpet of the gramophone so he could lie down and breathe in bed. <laughs> um, That's actually really nice show. Yeah, it's lovely. Huge production value, like. Oh, yeah. he, he, he worked with the same uh, cinematographer editor for a long time as well. Yeah. Um, played by Dave Duchovny in uh, the 1992 <laughs> film. I like to know who, who played them in all the films, but yeah, I can't think of the name. <laughs> I, I I watched it uh, this morning. I don't remember in anticipation David. to get some extra facts about him. I don't even remember David Duchovny being in it. No, no, he's the, the cameraman and mm. editor in it. Um, it's funny, like the film, even even the film, like calls out like him claiming bullshit in loads of bits, and it, that's a really good gag. Sorry. What do you mean, him claiming bullshit? Uh, like this thing where he talks about how like when he first picked out the tramp's costume there's this really good scene in the 92 film where oh, he, yeah, where he, sees he the... goes and I saw the hat and yeah, I was drawn yeah, to yeah. it and all this kind of stuff and then like uh, it's what's it Anthony Hopkins is playing the journalist and he just goes oh. bullshit yeah, yeah and um, he's like okay and he spent ages like searching for the perfect costume and all this kind of stuff yeah, but yeah. the one thing that I find really funny about it is is that in that film he's depicted as a very much of a uh, a loving romantic, yeah, yeah, where he was actually a complete womanizer, and it oh, shows him. It shows him kind of like that pining. in the film too, though. But he, yeah, a little bit that he just once girls got to a certain age, he dumps them and moved on. But he he spends about a year pining after uh, the girl he leaves in London. And yeah, where in reality he was just sleeping with every leading lady. <laughs> and, uh, well, I'd say he was pining. But he, he wanted to marry her. But I'm sure he was pining after her, but that just didn't, to him, that didn't mean he needed to stop sleeping with all the other women. <laughs> no, no. Like, like, and, uh, he could have both. Uh, sure, he's a, he's a kid who's like, was born like, was born like three when he died or something. Like he, he had children when he, he was really He had family old. with his last wife, yeah, because he yeah. married when he, because uh, yeah, if people don't know, uh, Charlie Chaplin really liked teenagers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he al- famously almost went after young women. Yeah, and yeah, when he was like fifty, he married an eighteen-year-old. Yeah, and that's when he moved to was it Switzerland? Yeah, but that was for political reasons. Cause he well, was... it wasn't originally. They just were there on like holiday or some time yeah. off, and they went to try. They came back to America and just weren't let back mm. in, and so just stayed there. And then he had like five kids with her. Can't remember yeah. her name. They used to holiday in Kerry here in Ireland. You said you even yeah. mentioned that on. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's just, yeah, yeah. I just, I'm just thinking back the way you said it on the last podcast. It was really just we had just finished talking about like, used to holiday in Kerry. Like you just no, said, did, it, yeah, like, yeah. RTE or national television. 
did a whole documentary about it there uh, last year, I think it was. It was really good. It was all about how like he used to just bring his family and they stayed in the same hotel every year and he'd come for like two weeks and just go fishing at one of these small lakes in Kerry. Oh, that's another special edition there. Go fishing at the you Charlie Chaplin that, fishing yeah, yeah. pool. When we go down to um, Ellis Island. <laughs> do that. Oh, yeah, no. Um, Coney Island. Sorry, Coney Island. Sorry, Coney Island. Okay, they're going over the top. Capture it's the so Germans. hard doing because we're doing a commentary. It means we can't pause when we need to do something. I know, yeah. They've captured some uh, Germans there. It's funny because the thing with yeah, his fascination... Well, not fascination, just his, the fact he just liked younger women. Like, that is really weird. But then, like, that last girl he married, the fact that she was 18, he was 50, and it was considered, like, that was really odd. And it definitely is a bit strange. But if they, like, were happily married and had, like couple of kids together that obviously worked out fine yeah exactly like it's hard to like judge that and say oh well they were clearly happily married <laughs> yeah i know and he li- like it's not like i don't know like i guess i don't have the fact i'm not sure how long they were married up before his death but like she was with him when he died yeah yeah so, I know, they, they were in love so she was obviously she was at least in her late 30s yeah. When the, and they were still married, like, so yeah. he liked her after. She was no longer a teenager, he was still married to her, like. The mad thing about it is when he made this, he, I think he was only about 28, 27, 28 when he made this. And this is, like, this was one of his longest films as well. Like, he did a couple of other features, working with this studio and his own studio. And they were all only, I think Max was, like, 32 minutes, where this right. is 44 minutes long, I think and so this is quite long for the time and uh they did a lot of this was also it was kind of controversial because he did this like comedy about world war one during mm. world war one that everyone was just like charlie i don't know if you could do this but he was just really determined of like this is my studio i'm doing this my way i want to do this um it was very kind of like on the nose at the time and it was one of his most, it was his most successful film at the time. Yeah. Of his, at that point, what, four or five year career. So, uh, well, four year, four and a half year career. Um, it was like the biggest, made the most money, uh, got the most people in the doors of the theatre. and that kind of stuff. Well, like, it, it just is, he doesn't need to be doing too much to still be funny. No. It's the way he moves and yeah. just acts and stuff. He just has so many great gags. Isn't it mad, like, because, you know, the whole um, trial with the, the kid he had with the 17-year-old? Do oh, you know yeah. much about that? No, not much. I'm more, no, more like, a lot of stuff with the communism accusations yeah, later on. Yeah, it's related to that, of course. But that's, like, no, I don't know much about it. All I do know is that, um, you know, they'd done DNA testing, but, you know, wasn't <laughs> admissible in court in the time. Oh, yeah. But they... The, the test showed that he wasn't the father. Yeah. But he was still made pay for the child. Oh, they really? Ruled, they, the court ruled that he was. Yeah, yeah, that's what they decided. And then, like, they even they, his team fought it and they had a second trial and they confirmed a second time that he wasn't a child's father and he was over yeah. a second time to pay for it. <laughs> so he spent, like, most of his, like, for as long as he was in America, then he was paying for a kid that everybody knew wasn't his, but the yeah, court... Yeah, but he had to pay... That's the court crazy. just ruled it was. Wow. I didn't hear that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's mad. I think that's in the film, but they don't kind of go into it like that because they were worried <laughs> an audience would think that was too stupid. 
yeah, and it yeah. was made up for the film, even yeah, though it was yeah. true. <laughs> Just that it makes no, it makes so little sense. Yeah, yeah. You'd have to go into the history of the court system to actually explain. Oh, you would, yeah, yeah. That was a great little sequence there of him just shooting soldiers and then taking mark of how many he kills. He's just real suave, mm. no problem killing all, like taking out uh, Germans, no problem to go over the top. I've never watched a commentary track to a silent film, or it might be a nice because like you don't need. I mean, the music helps so much, but people yeah, can yeah. like you can pick up what's going on in the film. I'm yeah, that that was one that was one of my biggest criticisms. I always remember when. Uh, this is completely irrelevant to Charlie Chaplin, but it was influenced by Charlie Chaplin, was I remember we were in film school and there was a class, I think the year before us, and they had made a, a silent, silent film, film called yeah. A Silent Film. Yeah. And in it, they like, you look at this, there's like, there's what, four words come up and it's all, a lot of it's implied by the, this is the tree. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can talk over it. People are just, oh. oh, it's so good though. It actually looks like Groot. Yeah, he looks brilliant. If they made Guardians of the Galaxy back in 1918, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. this is what Creed would look like. Um, in the 60s, this is what he would have looked like. He's brilliant. This is the scene, we're coming up here to the scene I was talking about in the Richard Attenborough film, uh, where he, where they had used the exact same guns. That it, so the, the guns the soldiers have here are the exact same props they used for the reenactment, uh, which I just think is amazing. That the, but this is what they found the props department like great, yeah. I think it's a great story I found the YouTube channel and it's these guys who do uh, they're like gun experts and they just do stories about different guns every week Oh, and they're cool. just these two like fat guys who sit in a chair and going well this gun this was used in this or you know did you know about this gun it was really good and just happened oh, to be linked call to them this fat. well sorry they seem like interesting nice guys but they're both overweight <laughs> <laughs> um, what's their what's their show called or their channel? I do I can't remember. I just found it like searching stuff about. I was looking for facts about this film, and yeah. it popped up on a Google search. <laughs> Such a good guy. Getting ready with the axe to cut the tree. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's so funny. That was it. It's like every movement. Like somebody. Yeah, he does uh, the second soldier. Yeah. <laughs> Such a good scene. For some reason, this reminds Just me of like, them Alfred Packer. You know when oh, they say yeah. like he took out the five companions all by himself. What oh, yeah. Is that what he did? <laughs> but that's what the story claimed. Like there, okay, words come up. More heroic work. Or, oh, sorry. So glad to, to see you, this kind of thing. And I always remember, and it was one of the biggest criticisms I gave. Like I remember our lecturer showing us this film and just boasting about how brilliant it was because it harkened back to the old silent films yeah yeah and all i could say was like it literally had a character talking and then cut to a a text screen with like a paragraph Mm. like so much text and it did it like 10 times in like a five minute film and i remember just thinking and I, and I said it to the lecture afterwards. He's like, what do you think of that? And I said, well, I've watched a lot of silent film. At the time, I was really into Chaplin, reading a lot of this kind of stuff. And I just said to him... Uh, that's not how silent films were. Yeah, I was like, that's not how they worked. It was all... They only put in dialogue uh, or scene setups. They didn't put in a lot of 
what was going on or what was happening and people didn't say a lot it was more implied through actions yeah. and facial expressions like, to be fair with the the artist like they actually done it pretty legit oh yeah, yeah. i haven't seen that yet actually no, no it's i good. actually i don't really like it yeah it's a 40 minute film that was made into a feature because they yeah but <laughs> not really but but they do do it um yeah like they do it like an, an actual silent <laughs> film such a good guy. he just runs away still dressed as the tree uh Uh, it's so hard to like sometimes you just have to watch yeah that's a fantastic beard yeah it's pretty good i think either way whatever boy people like um, yeah because this is how i'm gonna do it We, we can leave this in but for the actual podcast version that goes up on the podcast i will embed the score underneath it oh okay so yeah, is there's that's no yeah, yeah. and then on the video we put this under the just video put, yeah, yeah. yeah normally just because because we're watching this with no music at all at the moment uh, just so we've good clean audio ourselves but but it's hard to just not watch the film <laughs> yeah yeah because it's really funny <laughs> actually well okay this is a good time if you're if you're still listening um because we're thinking about doing more of these but they could really clutter up the yesteryear's news page we were going to do it as a separate do it as podcast. a separate podcast so oh, getting your bayonet stuck in a different tree so do actually whatever few listeners we have please actually just email us you can just say tweet us we're ynt podcast um yeah. on twitter and just say yes commentary or no co- or, or yes chaplain no no chaplain, chaplain yeah and it's uh we'll do it as a separate sister podcast because and we'll do, there's a lot of old ones that they're like, there's, some of them are only eight minutes long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we can do some comments on them and that kind of stuff. So, uh, not necessarily. <laughs> we won't do them if nobody wants to hear them. <laughs> no. Hopefully you do, because they're actually, they'll be fun to do. Yeah, yeah. We think Eventually I want to do like a, a commentary sort of podcast anyway, just for random stuff, but. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, sending the fattest guy into the pod. Oh. Oh god, this is so funny, sorry. <laughs> uh, Are you a Buster Keaton fan? Like, or is it just Chaplin? No, I haven't really watched. I've mostly just Chaplin I've watched. Buster, because it's weird. Like, Buster Keaton's more like... I don't know if Chaplin's Will Ferrell. Yeah. Buster Keaton's Ricky Gervais. Oh, okay, yeah, Because yeah. he's so, like, he plays everything straight. Oh, really, okay. That's where all the yeah. comedy comes from. And like, yeah, he's like a stuntman and does insane stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. Buster Keaton, you've, you've seen, I'm sure you've seen that stunt that he done for real, where the building falls on him. Yeah. And yeah. the window, and like, he done that for real. Like, it's a yeah. mad man. You can actually, if you watch it closely, you can see just before it hits, he flinches. Oh, Because really? he feels the air. Oh, and he's not can sure just, if he actually made yeah, it. Yeah, like... you can just see him do this tiny foot, but his facial expression doesn't change. That's what's yeah, amazing. Yeah. He stays, his face stays straight, but his body reacts. This is such a good gag, sorry. In the derelict house, he's locked the front door, there's no <laughs> wall, and he's looking out the window and pulling down the blinds. It's, oh, it's brilliant. And then there's a woman, of course. There's always a woman. Um, at this time, I'm not too sure if this is the actress, but who he was um, dating courting. at the time. Courting at the time. <laughs> he put her in... He first put her in his film, uh, The Immigrant which was probably about a year before this. 
and I think that's her. Um, I could be wrong though. And the oh, what was I going to say? I had a big long tangent. I was going to say to there, and I forgot about it because I was listening to you. Talk. You were going to go on a tangent. But yeah, yeah, I was oh. waiting for it, and then I got distracted by the gag with the derelict house. Oh. So. Was it about just doing commentaries in general? Buster no, Keaton? no, it was just about uh, okay. a silent film or Chaplin or something. I can't remember. I've been talking about Buster Keaton. I know, yeah. yeah. Have, was it before or after that? It's during that, yeah. Oh. It's <laughs> oh, well. It'll come back to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry, yes. Now I remember. Is, and I think it's one of the most impressive things. Parlez vous, Fanta? Sorry. Uh, one of the most impressive things I've seen is it's gag Chaplin does in the kid kid mm. and uh, it just shows like the skill like the way he moves and everything I think is so impressive it shows like serious command over his movements and um, almost like a dancer yeah I think yeah. and in the kid there's a really good there's a dream sequence and there's a moment in that where he's sitting on a step and he falls asleep on the step and they do a transition where suddenly there's all these flowers and stuff around the step. And what they obviously did was they did the classic of stop the camera, yeah, build the set differently, and then did like a crossfade. But he had to have done it in real time. He had to stay there while they changed the set around him for that shot. Oh. And he does not move a millimeter. It is unbelievable. It is one of the best transitions I've ever seen. He does not move. It's incredible. What's this in? What? In the kid. I can't even remember. It is so amazing. The um, kid's the one. Like, I've seen that more. Like, I've seen that more. It's also really long. It's like for him. I think yeah, it's, yeah. I think it's... Well, it's feature, isn't it? It's like, yeah, it's... Be, well, this is feature at the time, but it was only 44 minutes. I guess, or, yeah. But uh, the kid is... But the kid's like... Mm, nowadays. Oh, oh, it's close to 70 minutes, I yeah. think. Yeah, it's quite long. Because Sim City Lights is about that. It's like 75 yeah, minutes. Yeah, th- th- all those are, yeah. And then you get into later ones like King of New York and stuff and they're proper like 90 minute, two hour kind of films. We should mention as well, just because we've said about him being... I, well, uh, yeah, it is exiled, really. But he did yeah, get yeah. back to America, just so if we can bookend that, that he was. <laughs> no, in uh, King of New York, they shot it in London. No, no, I mean in real life. Oh, yeah, yeah. That um, Chaplin was eventually allowed back into America. Yeah, like in the 60s. <laughs> yeah. He was allowed, essentially, when he got the he got a <laughs> life, Lifetime Achievement Oscar. Yes, that's right, yeah. He got yeah. a 12 minute standing ovation. The longest yeah, in yeah. Oscar history. That was years later, though. Long, long oh, time yeah, later. yeah. He was like near the end. Like he was. He was near the end. Yeah, I think it was like a year before he died. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because really it, it's actually, like, it's, it's brilliant because it's like somebody gives him, or he takes a hat off somebody as he's walking up. Yeah, and he does the well. He can't do it like he's he he messes it up. Like he tries to do his trademark to have oh, yeah. down the hand. And it down doesn't work for him. Yeah, I think he might get on the third time. Oh yeah, and he gives like oh, it's such a good speech because he's crying like oh yeah, oh, yeah. so nice that he got it. But but oh yeah, the, the XL thing. It was he he openly made support for Stalin. He taught the yeah he taught the Americans would benefit if they had a good good relationship with, with him. Yeah, yeah. He, he taught the yeah. ally, that, that they should be allies. 
Yeah, it wasn't that he was like, I'm a communist. and I, He was more like, we should work That's with a, these people yeah, and because have peace and stuff. And dude, like, if he was like, I support the Russians in their fight against America, then you're like, okay, I can understand why the Americans wouldn't like that. But he was yeah, like, yeah. we should work with... I don't know, but was it because he was an American? Like, well, he he was. was trying to stand... He was trying to be the neutral person standing there going, look, can't we all just get along? Kind of, There was a little bit of that. And he was very, very, he was political. very intelligent and knew that, oh, we can actually benefit. I'd say it was a lot of it. It wasn't just him being like, you know, the hippie sort of. No, not get at all. Along. I'm sure it was like, we can finance, we can all prosper if we, if, if these two superpowers work together, we can yeah. prosper. There's a little bit of him going, what are you idiots doing? Yeah. Why yeah. don't you work together? That isn't to say he was right or anything. I don't, because I don't no, know yeah, yeah. if he was um, or not. I don't know enough about <laughs> it, but. <laughs> Um, but no, there was a good. But it was a part. It was during the whole that Senator McCartney witch hunts and yeah, the was... birth of the FBI. Yeah, exactly. It was huge stuff of that, and as well, like he was very politically minded in his opinions and stuff. Even from as far back he did the immigrant. I think it was a year or two before this, and it was very controversial because it's like stuff where he, like there's a scene where they're on the boat and the immigration officer comes along and he like does a gag where he like kicks the officer in the, the arse and all this kind of stuff. And uh, he, like the studio at the time were like, you can't do that. Yeah, yeah. It's really offensive. Like, um, especially because he was an English immigrant. Mm. And uh, so it was kind of like, they're like, you, like, are you mad? And he's like, oh, I don't care. Like, it, I'm making a point here, you know. And the Kaiser visits the front. Brilliant. Um, and it's just like a lot of... He was very, very strong in his political opinions. And then, even as I said, in The Great Dictator. And yeah. just the famous speech at the end. It's basically a, solid, a silent movie. And then he, in my opinion, he stops the film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then gives a speech about how man should be treated equally. And I don't want to rule... Yeah, and... I want to be nice, if anything. <laughs> yeah, and just the whole, like, it's all about equality of men and pointing out how wrong the Nazi party were and all that kind of stuff. And it's just very, very strong. It's an amazing speech. And um, it, which like, I was saying, Paolo Nutini, the singer, he put it into a song. I went to see him last week. He did it on stage, and they played on a projector the scene from oh, the film, and it was dude. amazing. It was absolutely brilliant. It was wasn't, such a great show. And wasn't, like... The Great Dictator was actually... It was during the war. It was 1939, yeah, I think. It was bef- yeah, it was before the proper rise of the Nazi it was, bef- it, was, it was before the proper rise of the Nazi party, and it was before... Well, they were in power, but it was before the, long before America joined the war. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was very early in the war. Like, So, it was really, really, like... It was almost like he predicted what was kind of happening. It was mm. it was very much up to date of what exactly was happening like that week. The film that came out nearly, you know what I mean? It was really, really. Uh, and that's clever. another thing. There's always been like one of the, the big question marks on Chaplin is whether he was Jewish or not. Yeah, yeah. And, like he was asked once, and well, what well, he joked that it would ruin the mystery, but he also said that if he, whatever way he answered, it, if he said no. He yeah. wasn't a Jewish, it would encourage... Oh, he's not Jewish, so therefore it's okay to dislike yeah. them. Or whatever. If there was people... He thought that if there was people that liked him... Yeah. But were like, you know, on on sitting on the fence because they weren't sure if he was Jewish or not, he would only be sort of 
gratifying them by saying he wasn't. Yeah, yeah. So he just chose he never to... Not really answer them, yeah. It's brilliant, he's put on the German uniform, he doesn't speak any German, he's just like, yeah, yeah, just waving and nodding. <laughs> this is brilliant. Try and play it cool. <laughs> I assume, wait, has it been... Revealed, like, do we know now what whether he was Jewish or not? I don't know, actually. I honestly don't know if I can tell you. Yeah, I like because it's never something that never even comes up now. I like that nobody cares now. No, <laughs> 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 like, like the back in the day, he was worried. Uh, he's I love he does so many match gags, it's such a classic for his uh, the, trying to light his match off things. And <laughs> <laughs> It's it's something one of those things that like Chaplin is just so good at it's doing match gags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's something he just did really really well. And I have to say, having watched the Chaplin movie uh, this morning, uh, that Robert Downey Jr. really mastered. Like he really went for it. I know you were saying, wasn't it that at the time he was on shrooms? Oh, he was just like off his face when he but did. It's the, the fact he was doing mushrooms and not like because that's not normally a drug you associate with somebody doing on set but he's, yeah, yeah. he's doing magic mushrooms the whole time is that, is that like an actual fact that's what he was yeah doing? yeah, yeah, yeah. Per, like I saw an interview where he was talking about it yeah, yeah I think in particular there's a scene I think it's the first film he'd done that we were talking about earlier when he was falling off a ladder that when they do that in the film and the guy Dan Aykroyd <laughs> plays hates him he just thinks he's oh, yeah, no yeah, good yeah. and he sends him off set or something yeah. And then maybe that's where he goes back and discovers the tramp and then he comes back and he just goes nuts and he becomes the tramp and he's hilarious and the crew are all laughing. Yeah. yeah. And for that scene anyway, Robert Downey Jr. is just had, off his face like yeah, 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 yeah. a bunch of shrooms. <laughs> so but it's funny cuz that scene kind of mimics Chaplin whereas like Chaplin went in and discovered the tramp. Yeah. Downey Jr. went back to his dressing room and just had a bunch of mushrooms <laughs> and that's what he needed. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny because Robert Downey Jr. is hilarious as well. Like he's a proper, like you know, I kind of consider him a comedic. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's done a lot of serious parts over the years, but more comedic. But he's so funny. Have you seen? Because I'm not a huge fan of Tropic Thunder as a film, but his part is it's amazing. Have you? There's a there's a fake document, a mockumentary on YouTube. Oh, really? Of him in that character, and they have like. It got, it's not but it's basically Werner Herzog yeah yeah doing a documentary about this actor going crazy oh, really? in the jungle I'll link you to it's hilarious like oh, brilliant <laughs> this is a brilliant gag he's outside he's managed to get rid of all the soldiers and he's just taken out the officers and him and his mate who are captured they're upgrading their uniforms to be more and more senior so they can get to the guys <laughs> Has there ever been a remake of a Chaplin film? Um, that's a really good question. Like a modern interpretation of the yeah. story, or like no, just no, somebody yeah, like it remaking like shot the for kid. Shot, like. Not yeah, not shot for shot, but any sort of any type of remake of say the kid I or City know. Lights. I think, I think there might be something like City Lights might have been remade. Oh yeah, but very much like you know reinterpreted. <laughs> It'd be a really funny sketch to remake a Chaplin film as what a studio does when they remake stuff. Oh, yeah, like, you, they do really, like you deliberately destroy it and yeah, take, strip yeah. it of all meaning. 
That'd be a great idea. We should do that. Like instead of the cigarette thing, he's got an e-cig. Oh, like just really? He's always trying to charge it somewhere. It's like you try and you try and overly modernize it, and it's just all doesn't work. Ah, it's brilliant. They just got the Kaiser into a car and just start driving them over the lines. This is brilliant. That's a classic silent movie gag. The car yeah. driving by and nearly knocking people over. I always appreciate, like, I don't really like their humour, but... And nobody... Bringing home the beacon! <laughs> nobody outside of Ireland will understand this, but the Unbelievables. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing one of their videos. It might have been called The Video. Yeah. Um, and it opens with... They do, like, a little silent film type short at the start. Oh, right, okay. And it pretty much runs through all the like classic silent film gags, like they have that. Oh yeah, like the car and the, yeah, yeah, and they have something where they're hitchhiking and the car, and then like an airplane lands on the road. It's just really crazy Chaplin esque type gags. I yeah, always yeah. appreciated that that they came from that. Like I, I don't like that humor, but yeah, it's rooted in a lot of that slapstick stuff. This is really funny because like, the Kaiser doesn't. It's like he doesn't realize he's been captured. Because yeah. he's just there, like, in the camp, being introduced to people because they're all dressed as German soldiers. <laughs> they don't realise they're in an ally camp. That's really funny. <laughs> Peace on Earth, goodwill to all mankind. That's a very Chaplin philosophy. Yeah. Like, that was something he was always kind of after. And, <laughs> and there we are. <laughs> the whole thing was a dream. He's still only at training camp. Asleep in his tent. He hasn't even gone over to the trenches yet. Because in reality, statistically, he would have died. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's it. That's, that's the end of the film. Um, one thing I have to point out was that uh, Chaplin famously dodged being drafted as well. Yeah, and that was a reason people... That was brought up when with the whole communist sympathizer. Yeah, was yeah. The fact that he never saw action... Or never went, he never toured, like, he didn't go and do tours to support the troops and stuff, so. No, no, he never, because he didn't believe in war, he thought it, he was really against it, he was mm. very much, um, just, yeah, he was very, very against it. But one of the, I know there was one of the quotes from him was, was it, uh, I, re I registered for the draft, they just don't know where I am. Mm. <laughs> Like, he, that's just the type of character he was. He was just a cheeky brat. <laughs> like, he just just wouldn't let people get, around, yeah. like, get a hold of him like that. You know, he was just a famous trickster. Always, like, whenever he was on set and stuff, he was always playing practical jokes on people and things like that. And uh, always trying to find a way to wind people up. And, like, yeah. Like, um, good lad. Yeah, yeah. Well, we should finish it there because we've got no credits to talk over oh so. i know yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's awful on this youtube video. So we've got no choice but uh yeah yeah we should leave it there see you in the future don't you mean that fast